0: For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text drive to 94,000. Hope you enjoy the message. up you're playing pokemon go you're gonna try to beat kate but what happened oh you want me to i can stop so you can you want to one more time one more time please one more time they're not listening i was serious hey play that bumper one more time here you go here's your chance what's up everybody it's like we we haven't done that yet um i'm not gonna do it again because if you're that slow um i had a joke but you're not listening to me so i'll save my jokes for people that care whoa imagine going to carterville and just talking the entire time the pastor is what's up hi dylan can you hug me oh the joke the joke was going to be about jordan and if he wasn't fast enough to pull that up twice, I don't know how his football skills are. That was going to be the joke. Ha, 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 ha. boo. boo. <laughs> we need a new comedian. Um, did Cardinal win their football game on Friday? Mm. Go Wildcats. I saw that. Um, any, other, any other school play football this past weekend? the rest of you play football, y'all have a join like one team, right? What do you call yourselves? Vianna, Gorville, Goreville Eagles Vianna, Gorville Eagles Did y'all win? No <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Giving it up for mediocre football teams <laughs> Say what? Oh, undefeated. Zero, zero. It's kind of like the University of Phoenix. It's never lost a game. They have a football stadium, though. Um, How many of you guys are excited to be here tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I love you because I'm missing Alabama play right now. They're probably going to lose, but, you know, they might not. Um, But I love all of you so much that I'm here instead of in front of my TV. I thought about counseling tribe night, and I was like, "Eh, you can't do that. Are you laughing at me, or are you laughing at something else? Because no one from Carterville is paying attention. (laughs) Gosh, imagine. So here's the joke about Carterville, then we'll move on. The reason they're not paying attention at church right now is because they're not allowed to use their phones during the day at school. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah, but if you go to Marion High School, everyone's like AirPods, headphones, skateboards. drugs (laughs) oh we don't talk about that at church oh you're not supposed to have (laughs) this is just going downhill um (laughs) very fast Jesus loves you this I know for the Bible tells me so red and yellow black and white they are precious in his sight that's two different songs I just mixed into one um remix all right um I've said um like ten times and I never do that. My energy's a little scattered. Anyone feels a little scattered? Like yesterday was like really great weather, then you woke up today and you're like, What the crap? Anyone? Just me? Um, so what? Was it raining yesterday? Last night. Yesterday it was like perfect weather to be on a sea dew on a lake. Anyone in here have a lake house? Thank you. I love lake houses. You have a house near your lake. that's not the same thing. Um, all right, we're going to get started. Let's refocus. We're going to talk about Pearl Harbor. Let's get deep here for a second. <laughs> um, so my freshman year of high school, I had to write a paper about World War II for my history class. Here's a little known fact about me. If I had to pick one subject in high school, that I absolutely loved? What subject do you think it was? Do you know that I can hear you talking? (laughs) Today's the day, I'm just gonna start calling people out. It's gonna happen, Ellie Varner. Uh, (laughs) Anyone can guess what subject I just absolutely, yes. History, oh my, that was a good guess. So in history class, they gave us a little bit of creative freedom our freshman year on a World War II project. So I decided to write about the aftermath of Pearl Harbor. And I interviewed a couple of older older couples from my church who had been alive when Pearl Harbor happened. I wanted to learn about what it was like for Japanese Americans in America during that time. So as many of you have learned in school, on December 7th, 1941, the Japanese Navy attacked the U.S naval base at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, which caused the U.S. to declare war on Japan and join the Second World War. Here's another little known fact about me since I love history class. My absolutely favorite genre of movie is war movies. Like I've seen almost every single war movie and there's just something about them that makes me proud to be an American. Where No one else? Okay, cool. Um, You got me. Yeah. I'm not going to sing the rest of it because you left me hanging. Um, So they joined the Second World War, and out of fear of espionage, the U.S. government rounded up every Japanese American they could find and forced them to move in what they called internment camps. So between 1942 and 1945, around 120,000 Japanese Americans who called the United States home were held inside these camps. But this isn't just something I know from history books. It's something personal to me because of these older couples at my church that I talked to that were actually inside the internment camps. One of them, her name was Judith. Judith was detained in one of these camps instead of being allowed to start college. She never got the opportunity to go to college after the war ended, which affected the rest of her life. Another couple that I talked to was Frank and Joanna. They met in the internment camps and got married shortly after they were released, which sounds like a happy ending, except that they had lost everything that they worked for that they had before the war started, including their property and their businesses. Though they made the best of it, the hurt and injustice they experienced continued to shape them for the rest of their lives. You see, injustice is a very real part of people all around us. We've been talking about injustice the past couple of weeks, which we've defined as things in our world that are not right, they're unfair, or they're unequal. It's painful to experience injustice, and it makes us all ask the question, why doesn't somebody do something? Why doesn't somebody do something? It's even worse when injustice is ongoing or systemic or constant. You see, last week we talked about how God sees and cares about what's happening. God is anti-injustice, and part of following Jesus means we care about the things that he cares about. Enough to do something about it. So maybe you hear that and you think, that's great, but what about me? If you're the victim of injustice like racism or oppression or discrimination or prejudice, then you know what it feels like. And if you haven't, you may not really be able to fully realize or relate to, but I encourage you to spend some time with the marginalized people in our community. If you felt like you know injustice well, you may be showing up each week and wondering, how do I handle this when it's happening to me and not just around me? Or maybe others of you are thinking, that's not me. That's not my story. I get that point of view too. But as a tribe, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. This is a good opportunity for you to hear what injustice feels like to those around you that may be experiencing it. That's why I want to challenge you to lean in and practice what Morgan taught us last week. Be curious. So if you're experiencing injustice or you're not experiencing injustice, what do you do? What do you do when you feel like you're alone in that? What With that in mind, I want to tell you a story about three friends and what happened to them. So, in the Bible, there was this Babylonian king named Nebuchadnezzar, who was very powerful and conquered and captured Israel. One day, he built a giant golden statue that stood 90 feet tall and ordered everyone to bow down to it, to worship the statue whenever they heard certain music playing. If they chose not to do as he ordered, they would be thrown into the blazing fire. The Bible tells us that there were three Jewish boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were worshipers of God and refused to bow down to the statue. You can probably guess that the king wasn't thrilled by this news and he ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought to him. He gave them one more chance to bow down and worship the statue when the music played or they would be thrown into the fire but these three men stood their ground they believed that god could rescue them but even if he didn't they didn't want to turn from their devotion to him this is an incredible example of faith if you had to ask me what is my biggest fear like when it comes to dying um my top fear is probably being burned to death like i can't like, even thinking about it makes me want to throw up. Like, there's some ways that I'm like, eh, drowning, that's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but you know, oh, that was awkward. Um, <laughs> but like, being burned to death, I had a high school friend um, die in a car wreck, and he wasn't able to get out of his car because his car caught on fire. And You could just, uh, it's just something about being burned to death that kind of just makes my skin crawl. So, of course, the king is in full rage mode now and he orders the fire to be burned seven times hotter than it's usually burned. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are tied up, and he throws them, or he has them thrown into the fire. The furnace was so hot that the soldiers who threw the men into the fire died simply from coming near the flames. Now look, I get none of us have been thrown in any fires recently. I I haven't. I don't know about you, Um, but I think we can agree that this feels unfair. And many of us know what it's like to be treated unfairly, maybe to be discriminated against because of the color of our skin. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been in a store and had people follow you around because of the color of your skin, but I've experienced that where they think you're going to steal something just because you look a certain way or act a certain way. Or maybe they're treated like we're less than because of our family's finances or where you live in town or what school you go to. Or maybe you're being held back by your gender. There's not equality when it comes to certain things for you because you're a female or maybe because you're a male. Or you might be considered less important because of something we absolutely have no control over. And if you've experienced this, you know it can be scary, it can be frustrating, And quite frankly, it can be sad. These guys, I'm sure, felt all of those things plus more. Now, let's continue the story. I want you to see what happens next after they were in the fire. We're going to pick up the story in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 24. It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He looked. He looked. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the straps, perfects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was there a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Now, there are many Bible scholars and researchers who have opinions about this story and about who the fourth guy in the fire was. Was it God? Was it Jesus? Was it an angel or someone else? I don't know the answer to that, but one thing is very clear from this story to me. In a moment of extreme injustice, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not alone. God did not abandon them or leave them to suffer on their own. In the same and in that same way, you are never alone when you face injustice. Take a moment and just let that sink in. You see, when you experience injustice, you don't have to face it alone. God cared about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and made sure they weren't alone in their suffering or their injustice. Did things change eventually? Yes. Did the laws change as a result of this injustice to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes. But don't miss what happened even while they were suffering. God cared for them. And in the same way, God cares about you and doesn't want you to be alone when you face injustice. So maybe for you, you hear this story and you feel the injustice part. Maybe you're so tired, so hurt, so burned by things that you've experienced that you don't know where to turn. I want you to know that you don't have to be alone. God is with you. He hears you. If you're processing that for the first time, you don't know what to do or you don't know what to do next here are some steps for you to consider talk to jesus he cares maybe even more than you realize share your feelings or frustrations confusions or your hurt with Him. there's nothing that you can tell him that that he doesn't already know here's another thing you could do remind yourself over and over that you're not alone remember that he will send others to be with you Or maybe you could talk to your tribe group leaders or talk to a trusted friend or adult. Even if you think they won't understand, keep talking until someone does. Consider talking to your family about getting help from a professional counselor or mentor who can help you process the injustice you experience and begin to heal. And here's the last thing, keep moving. The guys in the fire didn't give up, let's be honest. You shouldn't have to do anything about injustice that is affecting you. Others should step up. Generations older than you should have figured this out by now. It's unfair. All that is true, but at the same time, doing nothing isn't always helpful. So keep moving. Some of you, however, may have heard the story and thought, I haven't really experienced injustice. Does that mean that like the evil king, I'm like the evil king who caused the injustice? Maybe. Maybe not. Or perhaps it makes you like the people in the crowd who stood and watched while all this was happening. We all participate in injustice in some way, often by allowing it to happen while we watch. Martin Luther King has a famous quote that says, Well, it's not him. His daughter, Bernice King, says that it's not racism that killed her father. It was apathy that killed her father. People saw what was happening and chose not to stand up, chose not to say anything, chose to take the safe route, and that's ultimately what brought about her father's death. So we all participate in justice in some way, even if we're doing nothing. So maybe you don't throw someone in the fire, but maybe you laugh alone when you hear a racist joke. Watch people get bullied and don't say anything. Listen to music that's degrading to women or shot from stores that use child laborers to create their products. If that's you, I want you to know you can talk to God about that too. In the book of Psalm, chapter 139, the writer opens up and asks God the most beautiful question. It says, see if there are any offensive ways in me. So for a lot of us, we need to start there. We need to ask God to help us see the ways that we have participated in injustice. This is so important because the truth is some of the people you care about the most, your friends from school or maybe from your tribe group, have been on the receiving end of injustice and maybe Just maybe, for the first time, you see it differently and you care differently because of how it affects them. Let it become personal to you and not just a news headline. So when injustice happens, it is painful, but you don't have to do something alone. Not only is God with you, but so are the people that are in your tribe group and the tribe leaders that are in this room. I mean, after all, that's why we have tribe groups. We want you to have a group of people who are for you. We want you to have a group of people who are listening to you and praying with you. And not only that, they are learning from you and are cheering for you. So don't forget that when you experience injustice, you don't have to face it alone. Let me pray for you. God, I just thank you for my friends. I thank you that we can talk about tough topics here at church. I thank you that even when it seems like the world is chaotic around us, that you are constant, that you bring hope and you bring light into dark situations. I pray that we become better at hearing other people's stories and not just idly standing by, but fighting for justice when you want us to. I pray that as we get ready to transition, transition into tribe communities that you would just build our relationships with those that live in our towns our cities and go to our schools help us have lots and lots of fun and it's in jesus name that we pray amen